This is the Intimacy Podcast, formerly known as Bedroom Confidence for Good Women. You are listening to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, Episode 28, Good Girl Syndrome. Welcome to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, a podcast for my sisters who need some clean sex talk. It's all about real issues, real answers, and real connection. I'm your host, certified sex coach instructor, Rhonda Farr. While this podcast is not rated explicit, some content may not be suitable for younger listeners. sisters. How's it going today? Happy Monday. I hope you're having a great start to your week. I just got finished teaching one of my group exercise classes and I'm telling you I was struggling. (laughs) Most of the time I feel good and I really enjoy it but occasionally I will have these days where I just feel lightheaded and weak and sick and today was one of those days. I'm not going to lie, there has been at least once, maybe twice, that I have gone out the emergency exit right beside of me and gotten sick. So, I didn't do that today though. Whew, thank goodness. But I'm struggling a little bit today. I always say that, don't I? You know what? I think on Sundays, what I've been doing is making that my day where I have what I call a joy eat. I've been eating very minimal sugar and flour throughout the week. And then on Sundays, I'll give myself a little treat. So yesterday, my little, I say in quotation marks, little treat was this Dove bar. And it's actually really big. I think it's the size of three servings. (laughs) Anyway, I ate the whole thing for my joy eat. It was like Dove with almonds and toffee bits. And oh gosh, it's so good. But I'm telling you, like as soon as I ate that whole thing, I felt a little sick. And today I'm still feeling it. Those of you who have not hit 40 yet, just you wait. There is something different about 40 bodies. (laughs) 40 bodies are a special model that you just have to learn about. I'm not saying it's bad. Not saying it's bad at all. I actually am totally fine. Love being 40. But your body is different. Your hormones feel different. Your energy level, the way food affects you, it's just all different. So if you're past 40, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a woman... Maybe some of my brothers are like, nah, 40 was no big deal. My husband hasn't noticed that much difference. He's past 40 and he's still kind of normal. But for me, big difference. Okay, so anyway, we're talking about good girl syndrome. Yeah, you heard of that before? Most of you probably have. We're talking about what it is, how you know if you have it or your wife has it, how does it happen, who does it affect, why does it matter if you have good girl syndrome, What can you do about it? We're talking about all of it, okay? And like I said, some of you have probably heard this phrase before. I hear it thrown around a lot, especially in the Latter-day Saint culture. So I'm not really sure who came up with the term good girl syndrome, but I think that I first read about it in the book and they were not ashamed. It's by Laura Brotherson. I think that's how you say her name. If you haven't read that book, I actually think it's a really good resource for Latter-day Saint couples, and it addresses, among lots of other things, good girl syndrome. And it even has some exercises in the book that you could totally try for a multitude of your physical intimacy issues, for lack of a better term. Or even if you don't feel like you have issues, I think it's a good book. So check that out if you want to. 
But basically, good girl syndrome happens when we are conditioned to believe that sexual intimacy is bad or wrong. Even if you don't know what's happening, by the way. Some people are like, oh, no, I don't have good girl syndrome. I know sex is good. But they still have issues in the bedroom of feeling like they're being inappropriate or they feel embarrassed to talk about sexual things or especially engage in certain acts with their husband. Okay? So this good girl syndrome happens when we acquire the message that if we enjoy or pursue sexual desire and fulfillment, even after marriage, that we're no longer quote unquote good or wholesome or pure. We often interpret messages from our parents, church leaders, from friends, anybody who has an influence in our teachings and anybody who has an influence in our ideology about things of morality, our bodies, um, anything like that, our messaging, anybody who has an influence or a teaching role in our lives could be even a neighbor or something you saw on TV. All those things affect our messaging, okay? Most of our parents and leaders were probably very well intended in the messages that they taught us. But because society often has a much more open and lenient, maybe even liberal stance on the sanctity of sexual relations, our parents and church leaders often get really scared and freaked out by that. I know, speaking as a parent, I've gone through phases of that myself. And sometimes it's our knee-jerk reaction to teach the exact opposite of what the media is teaching us, right? So, unintentionally, sometimes we'll get freaked out and teach our kids, or our parents and leaders may have done this to us, that sex is wrong, it's bad, it's ugly, it's sinful, that we got to be really careful and afraid of it, that it's something that we really can't overindulge in or think about or even acknowledge as a youth especially. Most of our adult attitudes toward sexual intimacy come from the messages we were fed during adolescence. Really think about that. For me, for you, for all of us. Most of our attitudes toward sexual intimacy, unless you've done the work that I've already done and that I help my clients do, most of that messaging is coming from what you learned as an adolescent because that's when we're intaking the world around us and we're collecting information that will form our identity, our sense of self. Michelle Davis, who is the author of the book, oh, what's the name of it? Sex, Starve, Marriage. Yes. She's the author of the book, Sex, Starve, Marriage, explains it this way. Children are like sponges. They absorb and believe much of what the adults in their world tell them about the world around them. If you are taught that sex is bad or dirty, or that you're a bad person for thinking about sex, chances are these ideas have become a part of you, a part of who you are. So not just a thought or a possibility, like, oh, they said that, so that might be true. It becomes a part of us. She goes on to say that many adults must unlearn their childhood lessons in order to relax and enjoy that relationship. Okay, you guys, I see this all the time in my work. It's just so, so, so common in our culture. This is why I have a job because I see it all the time. Michelle Davis, she says, most adults must unlearn their childhood lessons in order to have a fulfilling, physically intimate relationship with their spouses. 
How often do you think about unlearning messages that you were taught? Okay, by the way, before I go on, I've seen it in men too. I guess that would actually be called the good boy syndrome, but it happens. Think about it. Have you ever known a young man to be put on like a schedule to come in regularly to talk to the bishop about his inability to control his thoughts or even his actions based on his thoughts? Like, I'm not even talking about looking at pornography. Like, sometimes young men are asked to come in and talk to the bishop on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis, and the bishop very lovingly helps him suppress all these feelings. You guys, I'm not going to make any blanket statements here because every situation is different, but these are the things we have to be super careful about. Months and years of teaching and conditioning our young people to suppress all desire and perhaps unintentionally leading them to feel like they're just weak or that they can't um, get that desire to disappear so there's something wrong with them. That is so damaging long term. Teaching suppression and self-control are very, very different things, okay? Absolutely. Do I want my boys, you guys know this who have listened to me for a while. I have four boys. Do I want them to have self-control? Absolutely. Do I want them to learn to suppress all sexual desire and feelings? Absolutely not. I don't want to teach them that. Even though they're young and it's not the right timing for them to use those powers with another person, I don't want to teach them that. This is why I've actually seen couples end up divorced and ex- in extremely isolated marriages because of this very thing. This one couple, like the husband talked about, of course he suffered some abuse too, and then he was having a problem with self-exploration. So his bishop is like, super kind and loving, very well intended. Come in, talk to me every week. We'll see how it's going. I'll help you get over this. And so he's teaching him to suppress and not even think about it and not even, you know, go there. Guess who's divorced right now? Am I saying that's the only reason? No, there are some other issues, I'm certain. But their sexual life was in such dysfunction, having such a hard time that they couldn't never... They could never figure that piece out. So, here's the thing. Intellectually, we know that after we're married, it's okay to turn this on. I don't think our messaging, our our leaders, our parents, whatever, they're not saying, okay, never think about this again. Even after you're married, you can't think about it. They're not telling us that, but they are helping us flip off a switch that kind of shuts it all down. After we get married, intellectually, we know that we get the green light for intimacy. But after years of being told, no, don't do it, it's wrong, it's bad, don't think about it, don't desire it, nothing, it's really, really hard to flip that switch in our brains back on and have it stay on, even though intellectually we believe it's okay. Everything within our identity to our core, still feels like it's wrong. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Even if we have the desire. I think many of us when we're dating, like we feel that strong pull, we feel that desire, we want to be with the other person. But then we get married and we get the green light to go and it just feels wrong. It's such a difficult and confusing thing to separate sometimes. 
You may feel that extreme attraction, like I said, some of that desire, but at the same time, simultaneously, you feel like it's wrong, unrighteous, and embarrassing to pursue it. So then you get really frustrated, like, what's going on with me? Am I broken? Am I defective? It can be so damaging in your marriage because you start to judge everything. Is there a part of you that believes sex is wrong or dirty? Do you feel embarrassment or discomfort even talking about sex with your partner? Do you believe that sex is appropriate just for procreation and not pleasure? Do you feel shame and embarrassment about your own desires? If you're feeling any of these things, first of all, you really need to talk to me. (laughs) This is kind of my specialty, walking women through this process of unlearning all the negative messaging and relearning as an adult what they want to think and feel about sex in a way that serves them better. Now listen, I promise you, this will feel awkward at first. Not because it's wrong, but because it challenges everything you learned during your adolescence while you were forming your identity. But really think about this. Would you rather go around living the rest of your life based on your interpretations of the world and messages you were fed from everyone around you when you were a teenager? Or would you rather decide right now, on purpose, as an adult, what you want to think and believe for yourself? A husband asked a question recently about why they would discuss something they wanted to try in the bedroom, and his wife would say she wanted to pray about it first. Inevitably, he said, she comes back saying, I don't feel like it's appropriate. The spirit confirmed that it's wrong. I just feel uncomfortable and don't have a good feeling inside about us doing this. And he said, I'm always baffled by this because I would get the answer that it's fine. Like everything was okay, but she doesn't. And so he said, why does this keep happening? Like, what is the deal with this? And as I move forward, I want to very, very carefully suggest something here. First of all, I just want to throw this out there. I absolutely cannot receive revelation for anybody listening to this podcast. I know that, and I hate it when random people purport to receive revelation for other people. I once had this guy tell me that he received revelation, that he was supposed to marry me, that I was supposed to marry him. Nope, (laughs) that did not happen. I am very solid on the fact that we should try not to seek revelation for those outside of our stewardship, okay? But when we have good girl or good boy syndrome, sometimes, like I mentioned before, we have this idea of sex for fun or pleasure being wrong. That comes becomes our identity, okay? When we have all these thoughts and all these messages from our childhood about, you know, suppression and not thinking about it, not talking about it, not doing it, those things become our belief system, the lens through which we view everything with, okay? Then we're asked to do something or perhaps maybe our spouse proposes something that goes against this long-held belief system that we have. How do you think that's going to feel? It's going to feel out of alignment with who you are. I promise you. It will feel wrong, uncomfortable, bad, so to speak. Probably like something's just off. Isn't that how the spirit often feels too? When we get a quote-unquote no from the spirit? 
I'm really trying to tread lightly right here, guys, because I don't want you to think that I know what's best for your bedroom. I absolutely don't. I don't even know what your spouse is wanting to try. I don't know what you want to try. I, in fact, believe that there are some things that are a no-go for myself in my marriage, in my bedroom. Those are my thoughts about it. But I just want you to be aware that your beliefs are dictating everything. And for most of us, those are old beliefs, old messaging that is no longer serving us well. So sometimes, you know, if our spouse says we want to bring in another person into the bedroom or do something that is totally dominating and forceful, the spirit might be allowed, no, that's absolutely not okay. Don't do that. Also, sometimes our husbands might say, hey, I'd like to try this new position or new thing or whatever and we feel really uncomfortable with it and we say oh let me pray about it let me just see if i think this is okay and because it's out of alignment with the messaging that we taught or because it's out of alignment to even think about and share things like that to us according to that old belief system or old messaging we're gonna feel a little off we're gonna feel a little uncomfortable and that might not be the spirit okay I just want you to be aware of that. So we have to figure out what we want to believe now as an adult with intention and literally start shifting our mindset, rewiring our brain, so to speak. You really can do that. <laughs> I promise. I hope my clients do it all the time. How do we do that? Some of you are listening to this and saying, yes, that sounds just like me. This is what I'm struggling with. Or perhaps you're thinking, yes, that's exactly what my husband struggles with. So how do we overcome it? First and foremost, we have to dig out that old messaging, you guys. We have to uncover the lessons we were taught that we just accepted as truth. Those thoughts that we've been thinking over and over since our childhood. That's how I define a belief, by the way. A belief is just a thought that you continue to think over and over again until it becomes a part of you. And guess what? That's actually really good news. It's really good to know because once you realize your old thoughts and decide what you intentionally want to believe now, you can literally reprogram your beliefs. Pretty cool, right? So how do you uncover these thoughts in the first place? Well, first you email me or get on my calendar and set up an appointment for help. <laughs> That's first and foremost. But for those of you who want to get a jump start on this and work on it in the meantime on your own, here are some pointers. You can just write at the top of a piece of paper, everything I've learned and believed about sex up until this point, dot, dot, dot. Then you fill up that paper, let it all out without judgment of yourself without judgment of your leaders, parents, mentors, whoever taught you those messages, you have to get it out. Now what some of my clients do, they'll try to do this and they'll be like, but they didn't really mean this, but I understand why they did. Of course they didn't mean to ruin your perception of sexuality. Of course they didn't mean to cause all these issues for you. I already know that. I hold no blame or I hold no malice towards our leaders. It's just what they were trying to do in helping you have a good moral um a good moral background and a good moral upbringing so i get that but when you write all this out you can't judge yourself for not getting the right messaging from these people that you love you can't judge them just get it out on paper 
okay? Then what we're gonna do is start examining those thoughts and ideas one by one. Literally, go back, look through all the beliefs, underline them, circle them, highlight them, whatever, and then we're gonna challenge them. I like to ask myself when I'm doing this, is that really true? Is that thought really true? Do I wanna believe this thought now? Is it helping me to make my relationship stronger? Let me give you an example of how this might work. So some women might have the belief that girls who talk about and think about sex often are raunchy. Maybe they're easy or unwholesome. (laughs) So the first thing we do, we're going to ask ourselves, is that really true? And you might be tempted to say yes at first. But upon further investigation, find that, well, no, maybe it's not true. It probably just means that these women who are more comfortable talking about, thinking about, asking for sexual things, it probably just means that they're really comfortable acting on a God-given desire, acting on these hormonal pulls from their body. It might mean that they've already done this work to eradicate the good girl syndrome in their own lives. It might mean that they have an extreme value of the type of connection that they find in their marriage through physical intimacy. Maybe it doesn't really mean that they're raunchy, unwholesome, or easy at all. Now, some of you are saying, well, yeah, I could think that about another person, but I can't think that about myself. I want to go back to what I said a couple minutes ago. That's because of the messaging that you received. We'll worry about that later. You don't have to believe it's true for you. You just have to figure out at this point what you want to believe on purpose. The rest of it will come later. Make sense? Dig up the old messaging and then challenge those thoughts and beliefs. Okay? The next thing I like to do is ask myself, is this thought serving me? So can you see how this thought we just talked about, um, that women who think about sex are raunchy and unwholesome, can you see how that thought is going to make you suppress any feelings and desires that you might have about sexuality right now? Because if you have this belief, you're certainly not going to want to be identified as a raunchy, easy, unwholesome woman. (laughs) So even if you felt desire, you're probably going to push it back and suppress it and not acknowledge it, not act it out. Okay, I hope that makes sense. If you have questions, please email me and ask me coachwithrhonda at rondafar.com. That's how you ask me questions. Okay, these thoughts will not serve you or your marriage. And you have to be aware of that. Because sometimes we're just reacting, oh, I have this thought, I better suppress. Mad at my husband when he pursues me or asks me to do extra things that I'm not sure about. And then we're just living out of reaction to our old messaging. We're not taking action from intention. What we want to do, what we want to believe right now as an adult. Okay, here's the final step that we ask ourselves. If this thought isn't really true, and it's not really serving me and my marriage, then what do I want to believe instead? Maybe you want to believe that it's perfectly okay to think about and pursue physical intimacy with your husband in marriage. Maybe some of you already believe it, that righteous women value sexual intimacy with their husbands as a first priority. What if that was a part of your belief system? How would your intimate relationship be different? Maybe some of you are only ready to believe that it's possible that you can be comfortable with your sexuality one day. 
That's not a super big leap. That's probably easier for your brain to accept right now, but notice how it's not nearly as suppressing and damaging as, well, good women don't do that. Good women don't indulge in sexual pleasure and desire with their husbands. Can you see how just making that little shift changes things? One step at a time, you guys. By the way, you can do this with any aspect of your life that you need a little belief overhaul. So I'll just throw that out there and leave it for later. But wherever you're ready to start, I want you to start there, wherever you are. Then you have to remind yourself of your new thoughts every day. When you feel that sneaky old thought coming in, the one that doesn't serve you well, I just want you to acknowledge it, call it out. Just be like, oh, there you are, old thought. I understand why you're a part of my life based on the messaging I received as a kid, but you're no longer serving me. And what I've decided to intentionally believe on purpose now as an adult is insert new thought. Something like sexual intimacy and sexual desire is actually really healthy and very normal and exciting in a marriage. Something like that. Or perhaps those of you who are not there yet, maybe you just insert the new thought. Yeah, okay, I understand why I'm having these thoughts. But what I want to believe now is It's really possible that one day I can be comfortable with my own sexuality. Maybe you start there. But it's important that you start acknowledging the old thoughts and making a little transition whenever it comes up. By the way, this is a skill that you can really get better at with practice. It will feel uncomfortable at first and unnatural at first. I want you to just expect that right off the bat. It doesn't feel uncomfortable because it's wrong per se. It feels uncomfortable because it's challenging your old belief system. It feels out of alignment with the identity that you accepted as an adolescent. So of course it feels a little off at first. But really think about this. You were a kid when you learned those other things. Now you're a married adult. That's very different. Do you really want to live off of the messaging that you received as an adolescent now? When you're older and everything in your life is different? I don't know about you, but I don't. All right, my sisters, go forward with confidence that you can conquer the good girl syndrome. If your husband's struggling with it, go forward with confidence that he can overcome the good boy syndrome. Now that you know what it is, you know how to recognize it and how to handle it, you're on to yourself. Try my tips and see what you come up with. Try these tips and see if it makes a difference. Reach out to me if you need help. Please schedule a free consult with me if you want to take it to the next level. You absolutely deserve to love your marriage relationship. I wholeheartedly believe that this is what Heavenly Father wants for you, for me, and for all of us. Okay, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Please leave me a review on iTunes. So iTunes will start recommending my podcast to all the people who need it. Sharing is caring. All right, my sisters, I'll talk to you next time.